This episode of the Nerd Corporation podcast may contain spoilers and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. We are the Nerd Corporation. What up, everybody? It's podcast day. My name is Eddie Lyon, a.k.a. Mr. Proton Pack. With me, as always, is Derek Reese. I, I prefer to go by the Incredible Sulk. Gross. <laughs> and Nick Lewis. This intro is more cringe than the Men in Black animated series. <laughs> that was bad. That was bad. Yeah, it was pretty cringe. Cole and Angela can't be with us today. They have the... Uh, ever elusive but not uncommon couples mud butt so we wish them a speedy recovery but we are the nerd corporation welcome to episode 162 great egon's ghost we're going to be talking about ghostbusters afterlife with paul rudd i think is like the most notable name on that yeah i mean apart from the original ghostbusters cast but owen finn wolfhart Right. But first, let's get on with the nerd news. So for the third week in a row, I would like to hand Ezra Miller the... Nerdcorn L of the Week. Housing a family of four, a mother and her three kids, in just these ridiculously unsafe conditions. Guns in his living room and... Getting it on. <laughs> Guns in the living room, getting it on. I, 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 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there was a video of a kid who found a bullet and put it in their mouth and just kind of hung out with it. The ex-husband, I guess, was the one that called it in because oh, he thought gotcha. he didn't think that the conditions were safe enough. I mean, it's a 96 acre pot farm for the most part. Right. So, you know, and it's Ezra Miller's crazy ass. You would think that after all of the media attention that they're getting, that they would just fucking, like, lay low. Like, chill the fuck out, Calm Ezra. Calm the fuck down. Like, let shit die down. It doesn't help that the government's coming in trying to take all of their guns away. <laughs> Speaking of the government, yep. we'd like to hand our second... Nerdcorn L of the Week. ...to the Supreme Court. An unprecedented double L of the week. Well, for an unprecedented change of of protections. Yeah, what a step backward. Uh, I mean, my God. We won't go into it any further because we don't like to get too political on this podcast. But You know our feelings. <laughs> you know our feelings. We at the Nern Corporation stand with all women when we say fuck the Supreme Court. 100%. So, Ezra Miller, Supreme Court. Shame on both of you. Fuck the Supreme Court, and hopefully after they get fucked, they have a child. Right. They are apparently forced to keep. A right. curse A curse on you. A curse your family. A curse, a curse on your cow. A curse on your cow. A pox on thee. <laughs> dishonor. Oh, that's right. It was dishonor. That's right. <laughs> In wrestling news, sad day, uh, referee Tim White died. Uh, he was a producer for the... WWE before his passing and he would kind of be the guy that would take all the wrestlers and herd them into the 
like spots that they needed to go as far as like travel arrangements and things like that. Uh, Chris Jericho tweeted that, you know, whenever he came into a room, he'd like light it up. And it was a very sad day for the people in wrestling. So rest in peace, Tim White. And uh, that sucks. Condolences yeah. to the White family. Very beneficial when there was a power outage. Just call him <laughs> yeah, just bring him on in. So for my nerd news this week, we it's it's more I'm going on the rumor bus as opposed to actual solidified news. Uh oh. So Jacob Battleon recently shared a picture of himself on Instagram. Oh, good for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all. Uh, Nick, Nick, what's Nick? What's your nerd? Uh, no, so he, he shocking. <laughs> he posted a picture of himself holding a hobgoblin figurine, Ooh. while shrugging basically and having a sort of look on his face. One of those like maybe. Yeah. So <laughs> he clearly he's teasing us. Whether it's something that will you know be realized or not we don't know right or, or it could just be a, a tease to distract us but right ned leads for anyone who isn't familiar in spider-man uh he actually is the hobgoblin and so we may we may get ned leads finally turning villain that would be so dope it's like oh man i just woke up i heard the news about the supreme court yeah, but did you see Ned Lee holding the hobgoblin? <laughs> well, so here's the thing. In in No Way Home, we have a moment where Ned and Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man are talking. And Tobey Maguire mentions that the Ned Leeds in his universe used to be his best friend and became a villain. And so Ned tells Tom Holland that that won't ever happen. Of course... I want it to. Ned, yeah. Ned <laughs> Leeds. Same. Yeah. Quote unquote, Ned Leeds referring to um, Osborne, right? What? What? Is that, is, when he says the Ned Leeds in my universe, is that referring to Harry, Harry yeah. Osborne? Well, I mean, it must be. I mean, there wasn't a Ned Leeds. <laughs> yeah, but... there wasn't. Well, yeah, it was just, it was just like his best friend. Yeah, yeah. 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 For those who might not be clear. Right. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I wasn't very clear on that at all. But yeah, so his best friend in general became the Hobgoblin or a villain. What, you know, right. both, both in this case. But And so, yeah, he was just saying, oh, be careful. Like, don't don't turn into a dickhead. But I hope he does. I hope he does, but too. But at the end of the new one, they don't have any memory of each other. So Well, true. That's that's the most insufferable part about it, though, is like they could just as easily go either direction. Th that could either be a complete misdirect and they don't even do that or, you know, they could go ahead and do it. But like, oh, I, really, I don't I want it to be a thing. Well, I mean, they could easily fix that and be like, oh, OK, so they threw some like happenstance they end up getting their memories back and so but they realize that their memories were wiped and that could send ned into that yeah. like resentment mm. you know what i mean he could be like 
well, what the fuck, bro? Well, I thought we were best friends. You know what? Fuck you. I'm going to become the Hobgoblin. Well, yeah, and you combine that, like, <sighs> with something like a lab accident at MIT or whatever, you know, like. Right, exactly. Yeah, totally. That Yeah, that would be really cool if they left it where they don't get their memories back and they're just, you know, completely different people. They And then um, Mary Jane and Ned go on to MIT. Something happens. Fucks Ned up. He becomes a villain. And Peter's having to deal with this, knowing that that was his best friend, but Ned's not having any idea. He's right. Like, yeah, fuck Spider-Man. Like, either yeah, that way. Would be, that would be rad, too. Yeah. yeah. Either way, it, it would work. But, yeah, so many options. So much room for activities. So many, ro- <laughs> so many room for activities, I was going to Marvel, say. we could be fantastic writers. I await your decision. Yeah. You know. I mean, we know you're listening. Yeah. Pitch makers. You know what I'm saying? Just, Just, you know. We'll wait for you. Yeah. We'll wait for you. We're not we're not going anywhere. My nerd news is basically just from IGN it is just showing that we are getting I think there's about six pictures that have been released of the look for the orcs and Urukai in the new Lord of the Rings series, The Rings of Power, that's oh, set to hit right. Amazon Prime sometime. Oh, that's right. Jimmy, could you pull those up real quick? Yeah, I'd heard about that. Yeah, you know. For the most part, they they look kind of the same, but with more up oh, there it is right there. See, and you know, I see it. I see it looks it. it looks pretty good. Yeah, they're like they're just basically updated versions. Yeah, like, but yeah. they look they look look and really good. Yeah, before uh, we when we were all getting our new uh, our new news our, 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 our Nord news our Nord news sponsored by Nord VPN. <laughs> <laughs> When we were getting our news together, I was just kind of skimming over the article because I'm like, is there anything that shows when we can expect this? I didn't see a date or anything or a, a range, but I was just reading what the, I can't remember her name, but the <laughs> the executive producer was saying how much like they love orcs and they wanted to put, and that's another thing that's going to apparently be in this series, is they wanted to put as many maybe even more orcs on screen for this series than like any of the other movies had like as many as possible. Yeah, dude, I love the orcs. So that will be really cool. It's kind of like when Days Gone came out and their claim was, yeah, this is the most zombies you've ever seen on screen. And everyone was like, oh, okay. Um, And it was. And it was. And I'm so hyped for this series. I just didn't see anything of when we can expect it, but it, it's an Amazon Prime series, which I think is really cool. So Amazon, anytime Amazon invests in a series, for me anyways, they knocked it out of the park. Oh, absolutely. There's um, oh, yeah. The Boys. The Boys, Invincible. Invincible. Um, uh, not not even superhero movies, but I was going to mention, or shows, I was going to mention The Tick. That was a really good one. The Tick was oh, a good yeah. one. But, uh, Man in the High Castle. The Americans for Upload. Me. I loved that show. Upload was really good. Um, what else was there? Banshee. I really liked that show. If you hadn't seen it, what's that show with John John Krasinski? It's like The Office. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's like oh, it's not. Is it Jack Reacher? Or is that Tom yeah. Cruise? yeah? Jack Reacher, I think, is what it is. It was. It's well, like a Tom Clancy adaptation, and John Krasinski was in it. it is he in that one? Like that's that's the one that's got um Jimmy, can you pull that up? Jack Ryan. There it is. Okay. That's Jack it, Ryan. Yeah. I was, I was like, gonna it's say Jack. Jack. I know Jack it's Jack. Reacher has the uh the dude who played 
uh, Aquaman in in uh, fucking Smallville. Right, right. Oh yeah, yeah. What's his name? I can't remember his name. All right. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him. No, he's so dope though, and yeah. he's such a nice guy. Uh, Hawk in yeah. yeah. And what is Titans? It? Titans oh, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we yeah, he, we met him at Comic Con. Yeah, Derek and I did. We met him at Comic Con, and he was such a cool dude. I met him on accident. Like I was, <laughs> I was. It's a like I was talking to Tom Arnold of all people, and we were. Just, oh, and he was right next to him. We were gushing about wrestling because he asked me what my shirt was, and it's the the NWO NDR or. Yeah, NDR crossover, and I was like, "Oh, it's a wrestling." F-. He's like, "I know what it is. I'm just fucking with you." And then I just turned around to leave, and he comes over and starts talking to him, and they're like shaking hands, and like, and I just was, I didn't know what to do, and I was like, "Can I just shake your hand and say hi?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, no, he was super dope. He was a really nice dude. Yeah. Before we get into the subject of the hour, if you're listening on YouTube, please don't forget to like, comment, share. Subscribe, hit the little bell icon. We want to beat the algorithm and get into as many nerdy ears as possible, and that's the best way to do that. Also, we have merch, keypublic.com, and search The Nerd Corporation. Put our logo on anything that you desire from shirts, stickers, phone cases, mugs, just anything they have available. And let us uh, let us know you did that. Also... We have a subreddit, r forward slash nerdcourt podcast. Tell us you love us. Tell us you hate us. Tell us we suck. Just tell us things. Post your merch on there. That'd be a perfect place to do it. That would be the best place to do it. Also, if you love us and what we do, consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash nerdcourt podcast. Several tiers of loot to have access to from stickers and shirts to extra content and bonus episodes. If you can't make a monthly contribution, consider supporting us on PayPal, paypal.me forward slash nerdcorp podcast. We want to have the best loot, give you the best giveaways, and give you the best nerdy experience, and that is the best way to do that. If you're not already a Patreon, you should probably do that right now because this is going to be a doozy of a Snyder Cut. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just look, just, I mean, the, the gist is just give us your money. I mean, give us you're, your you're money. Not, you're not doing anything with it. Just no. give us, give us your money. Just a little bit of it. <laughs> Just a little bit of that money. Just some, Add some change. <laughs> change. You can hear this episode unedited for as little as a dollar a month. So, give us some money. Do it. Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, directed by uh, Jason Reitman, who directed. Uh, some episodes of The Office. He directed some Saturday Night Live. Juno, thank you for smoking. Uh, Great movies. Yeah, all all really good movies. Also, by the way, the son of Ivan Reitman. Who directed what you, what Ghostbusters. You, Why are you shaking? You don't know? No. Uh-uh. Ivan Reitman cr- produced the first two. Oh, yeah. did he? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Which is like it's so it's it's really cool. It's just kind of all kept in the family. <laughs> He's like, okay, like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking. So, <laughs> I'm not a big Ghostbusters fan. Like, I love Ghostbusters, but I'm not 
like I'm not a slut for Ghostbusters. You I'm not either. Son of like, a bitch, I am, and I yeah. Fuck you both. I'm not saying I don't love it. Yeah, like I, I love, love Ghostbusters, it. but I'm not like this is my episode. Look, I chose look, this. All I'm hearing is blah blah blah. I'm a dirty tramp. <laughs> Beside the point. <laughs> I, I already knew that. <laughs> Before we get into the movie, let's, I guess, recap the events leading up to Ghostbusters Afterlife. Because this is the spiritual third installment, I guess we could call it. Yeah, we didn't end up getting a quote-unquote Ghostbusters 3, well, but... Plus, they have like they have referred to the fact that there will be another Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. and everybody is calling it Ghostbusters Four. So, might as well be official at this point that this was Ghostbusters right. Three. You know? I think that if they do do another one with if they you know get the original cast, it should be like in a sense Ghostbusters Three. But then again, if they continue from Afterlife, then it could just you know. Right, kind of like what Red Dead Two did. It was a seek. It was a prequel, but it's Red Dead Two. Right, it's not the second one. You know. Right. Yeah. So, the first Ghostbusters movie was released in 1984. Film opens up, seen at the New York Public Library. We see an older, stereotypic librarian trope, like some old lady, you know, with her hair up in a neat bun, putting away books and she is scared shitless by a ghost that appears to her and the library then contacts a group of parapsychologists that are employed on a grant at Columbia University and that's where we're introduced to uh, Egon Spangler, Peter Venkman, and Ray Stantz. Egon played by the late great Harold Ramis, Peter by Bill Murray, and Ray by Dan Aykroyd. Um, they arrive at the library, come coming face to face with the ghost, but not having become the Ghostbusters yet. There's not a ton of stuff they can do as far as like what they do later on. You yeah, know? They, they haven't even created equipment. They're not established. Right yeah, now. no. But they do get a specimen that they're able to take back to the lab, run into an administrator from Columbia who's like, well, this is a good time to tell you guys that. Your grant's been rescinded and you're all fired. Fuck <laughs> all of you. Yeah. <laughs> so they're basically unemployed and homeless at this point, um, which I don't know how they they almost have just pulled their money together to buy this giant no, old firehouse. No, no, no. What happens is Ray has some property. That, oh, that's right. That he takes out a second mortgage on in order to that's right. pull the, get the money together yeah. for the firehouse. Little bits and pieces left out, but yeah. So basically, they buy this old, dilapidated firehouse where they are. They decide to set up shop, and that's where they establish themselves as the Ghostbusters. Um, they even they hire a receptionist named Janine. Um, you can get it. I do not remember the actress's name that plays her. I think. Jimmy, could you look that up? It's like right on the tip of my tongue. Me too. Annie Potts. That's right. That's it right there. Annie Potts, who was, she was a great character. She's kind of your stereotypical, like, kind of old-fashioned receptionist, like. Loudmouth New Yorker. Yeah. What do you want? I, I like 
the comparison, Nick, that you made once that she was like the Gary Goldman's Dottie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> the, a very firecracker. That's an obscure reference. If you ever have listened to him and heard his joke about the fake documentary of abbreviating the United States. You know exactly what we're talking about, but super great. <laughs> oh, that Dottie, she's a pistol. <laughs> but now Annie Potts could fucking get it, dude. Yeah. I had such a huge crush on her. Oh yeah, any day of the week. Oh, any day of the week. But only if she wants to, because we at the Nerd Corporation are pro consent now more than ever. Funny thing about Annie Potts is she plays Bo Peep in Toy Story. Really? Oh, yeah. so. They hire the receptionist, Janine, and kind of just wait for the work to come in. It's very slow at first, but then they do have a meeting with a woman by the name of Dana Barrett, who is played by our beloved Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver, you ain't seeing no ghosts. There's no dogs in your fridge, right, of Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver, those eggs didn't cook themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's not... It's, I'm not gonna lie; it's not the same without Colin Angela. It's true. It's true. It's not, but we have to. We have. To, it's what they would have wanted. Yeah, we have to soldier on. <laughs> we have to sol- soldier on. You know, for their mud butt. Yes. <laughs> so she had a strange experience in her apartment, and so she calls the Ghostbusters because, you know, they're kind of getting their footing at this point. She saw the commercial. Yeah, the a fantastic like old school furniture salesman <laughs> yeah. kind of commercial. Like, come on down. And so she calls them, they come over, there are eggs on her counter that just start cooking themselves, weird stuff's happening. She opens up her fridge and comes face to face with a demon who calls himself Zool. So they don't know how to help her, but they take her on as her first client. Peter is obviously trying to get with her, as Peter does. And then right as they're kind of about to lose all their money and that they put into this, they... After this specific incident, they start getting uh, more and more notable. So they have to hire a fourth Ghostbuster by the name of Winston Zedmore, who was played by Ernie Hudson. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact, he was supposed to have a much larger role and come in way earlier in the script. But I, I think I think it was basically a larger role initially because they were wanting to have a different actor play Winston. Oh. Who, of course, was Eddie Murphy. But, That would yeah. have been interesting. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, it's it's one of those SNL cast-type movies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, of course, yeah. they, they want to cast their friends. I don't remember why Eddie Murphy didn't or couldn't do it. Let me tell you something, man. I ain't afraid of no goddamn ghosts, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's some, some shit that'll turn you white. <laughs> See all these ghosts flying around here. <laughs> look at it. Look, 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 look over there. All, all the ghosts walking around. Um, but yeah, no, Michael, I, get it. I, I, I think it's probably just because it wasn't him that the role went to that they chopped it down and had him come in later. But yeah, that would have been interesting to see. Um, so here now they're at the peak of their performance and they get a visit from a agent, I guess, of the Environmental Protection Agency by the name of Walter Peck. He comes out and basically is like, this is a violation of environmental law, trying to shut him down, kind of like a crazed health inspector. Um, By the way, can we just say, um, Walter Peck, played by William Atherton, 
played absolutely perfectly. Just this smarmy, bureaucratic yeah. piece of shit. Like, <laughs> lives like, for his job. Like, like he's, it, it seems like he's the type of dude that his entire day, every day is spent getting shit on by the people above him. Right. So he's going to use, he's going to like take that out on anyone below him. Right. You know? Exactly. He, he made you hate him in just the right mm-hmm. way. So perfect. And that's how you know that he did a great job playing that character. Right. When you're like, get a load of this fucking guy. Right. <laughs> All right. So basically, and then Dana, you know, she's talking to Peter. She says, Hey, do you want to come back over and, you know, investigate a little bit? And Peter's like, hell yeah, dude. You know. I'm going to do a little more of that. Yeah. I'm going to investigate, girl. So Dana gets possessed by the demigod Zool uh, before like Peter do. shows up, as as is tradition. <laughs> um, Peter then shows up that evening and finds her this way. Um, and then simultaneously at Dana's neighbor Lewis's apartment, uh, he's... Louis, uh, Louis Tully, played by the goat, Rick Moranis. Goat. Goated with the sauce. Big goat. Um, he's having a party. There's another demon that um, is running around, you know, his party, uh, basically, that, um, in, that in, I almost said infects. <laughs> that, Same thing. That possesses him as Vince Clortho, the key, ma- key master. I said key maker, like the Matrix. Can we can we be honest though? Lewis Tully's party sucked. The only thing that was good about his party, the only thing exciting, was the demon dog. So, do you ever need to liven up your party? <laughs> just, just invite over Vince Clortho. <laughs> 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 and then Walter shows up, basically says that he wants them to turn off all their machines at the firehouse. At the firehouse which would in turn release anything that they've ever caught. So they're just like pushing that it doesn't happen. Eventually they look at the blueprint of Dana and Lewis's apartment, that there is a gateway that they find out is trying to be opened by Zool and Vince Clortho. So they show, they head over to Dana's apartment where New York is like the adoring public is basically like trying to, you know, get their autograph and mob them. They show up, they go up onto the roof where Lewis and Dana are, and they are met with a demon by the name of Gozer the Gozerian, who appears in the form of a beautiful woman, and the Ghostbusters obviously trying to defeat her. She says that she can take the form of anything they imagine, and Ray accidentally thinks of, his mind wanders, he accidentally thinks of the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, so that's what Gozer goes into the form of and becomes kaiju. A giant <laughs> kaiju marshmallow man terrorizing New York. So eventually they defeat the marshmallow man. They're all covered in marshmallows and they at this point decide to cross the streams so that they can shut the portal and ban Gozer back to when well, she came. Well, crossing the streams happens first. Cause that's like, right. Yeah. yeah. They cross the streams and then it shuts the door and explodes. Yeah. That's what, ex- yeah, that's what <laughs> explodes the marshmallow all over New York. They end up closing the door and they are met by the public with thunderous applause and cheers from the people of New York. And that is, that is Ghostbusters one in a nutshell. On to number two. All right. Two is going to be a little shorter because there's not a huge... I'm just going to read this word for word because it's not very long. 
so following up to Ghostbusters, we have Ghostbusters 2. Uh, Ghostbusters 2 takes place five years after the events of the first film. Lawsuits and court orders have plagued the Ghostbusters for years, and their once lucrative business is now bankrupt. So they basically are just out of money. They're kind of, and they're all like, not just that, there's like jokes at this point. Like they're going around doing kids' birthday parties and. They're doing whatever they can to stay relevant. And life is, is sad and rough. Yeah. Uh, however, when ghost problems afflict Dana, once again, the boys come out of retirement. Uh, the police promptly arrest them, but with New York city, once again, headed for supernatural doom, it needs the boys now more than ever. A river of ectoplasmic slime full of negative emotions bubbles towards a museum where an old Carpathian sorcerer named Vigo is located. That's the best part of this whole movie is, um, is what's, is it just Vigo or is it Vigo the, I can't remember. Well, he, he has a lot of monikers and and titles, but he's, he's in a picture essentially. Yeah. So he's, (laughs) he's this, just this dude in a painting and he sort of takes over the mind of one of the supervisors that, that deals with restoration and things like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's sort of like masterminding this whole thing and having this one dude be sort of his person in the physical realm that can go and do things for him. So he needs to possess Dana's body for his rebirth so that he can basically be an actual physical entity. Well, Dana's baby. Baby, yeah. So basically, yeah, because Dana has a kid and then he needs to possess the body of the baby so that he can have a physical entity. Uh, he ba- he ends up coming out of the picture, which I thought was one of the coolest scenes when he just oh, comes yeah. walking out and he's all transparent and then he just comes right. into full figure. I'm trying to... This one, I'm having more trouble remembering, but... I got it. <laughs> I know they eventually, like, you know, yeah. So what happens is they realize that that slime right is charged by the negative emotions oh, yeah, of people yeah. in new york or whatever and so they try to they come up with the idea that well if, if if it can be charged by negative emotion what if it can be charged by positive emotion so that's where we get do you remember the toaster dancing scene yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah that's where we get that and so they they wonder like well what what is it that we can do to defeat this thing what like what would be a positive beacon to like rally everybody or to now also don't forget, like at the same time as the, this whole thing is going on where he's trying to possess Dana's baby's body, or I guess not possess, just sort of take over Dana's baby's body. This, all of the slime that had been underneath New York has now cocooned the entire museum. So it's, it's, it's this unbreakable shell and so they they are trying to figure out like well shit what do we do, so they take the slime and throw it all over the Statue yeah. of Liberty. They've got these cool ass fucking giant guns to squirt it all over the place. Right, and you know the Statue of Liberty comes off of the off of the podium that it that it sits on and gets well, over there. Don't forget about the song. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's such a good song. What is that song? I can hear it in my head, but I don't know. Um, Jimmy, could you pull take, that Take up? me higher? Or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your love keeps on lifting 
me then you eventually um you see like the feet of the statue just kind of yeah. slowly lift up out of where it's like anchored down yeah and then Sorry. you just get this this gigantic statue of liberty just walking through new york city what a what an iconic scene. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so like the whole trip through New York to the museum, they've also got, you know, this microphone and they're trying to get everybody around to join them in, in this jubilation and these positive feelings. Oh yeah, and they're writing they're all in like the crown yeah, of the yeah. statue too, where so, you look down. Right. So they're they're just trying to get every all as as much positive emotion out of people as they can because that's the only thing that they figure is going to weaken this shell. And it's New York, so that's not easy. Right. So they finally get up to the museum, and uh, they that's when they use the, the fucking torch. torch, torch. Yeah. Which, by the way, has, you know, erupted in actual flame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was dope. I love that touch. But, yeah, so they crash through the skylight and then go down and, and all that jazz. Then, you know, defeat the defeat Vigo, the Carpathian. And the best part is Lewis Tully comes, shows up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He shows up as a, as a a quote unquote ghost. Yeah. He's got the power pack on and everything. The proton pack rather. And, you know, so they defeat Vigo. And at the same time, Lewis Tully is firing at the, the shell. And so he thinks that. That he he defeated it. Yeah, because as he's firing, <laughs> they defeat Vigo, and it all just kind of disappears. So the disappears. shell goes away. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Doesn't it? It kind of just like lifts up into well, the air. Well, it breaks and up into little pieces. Yeah, and, and yeah. he's like, "I did it! Yeah. I did it!" <laughs> so good. They're all congratulating him like outside. Well, and of course we have Slimer show up in this one again. Oh, we didn't even mention him in. Yeah, so I mean, well, Slimer's great, but like, yeah, he shows up again in the second one when. Lewis goes to get on a bus to go to the museum. Slimer's driving. Yeah, right. that's right. <laughs> yeah, Slimer is one of the kind of ghosts that they encounter in the first movie that just kind of doesn't go away. <laughs> yeah. Slimes Vankman and all that jazz. But anywho. So that is Ghostbusters 2 in a nutshell, which brings us to Afterlife. Quote unquote, the third Ghostbusters movie. The spiritual third installment of the Ghostbusters franchise if you're not counting the female spinoff. And Eddie, I know that when I showed up, you were at the very tail end of this movie, so it's very fresh Fresh. on your mind. So what are your initial thoughts? My I I really enjoyed it. I yeah. It was I think it was really fun. It was it was very well written. I think I mm-hmm. I think that the pacing, even the pacing, was very just nice and even. I enjoyed all of the uh, ghosts. You know, the little Slimer type ghosts that they had was yeah. pretty fun, and the actors were were amazing. I mean, let's uh, we should get into that. You know, from the jump, we have Carrie Coon who plays Callie. She plays Proxima Midnight in oh. Infinity War and Endgame. Oh, wow. 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 <laughs> wow. She was in Gone Girl. Oh, okay. She was also Proxima Midnight in the What If series. Oh, cool. 
The Post with Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks, Fargo. Oh, damn. Movie? TV show? I'm not sure. I think it's the TV show. What's the, does it give you a year? 2017. I think that's the show. That would have to be the show, yeah. Gloria. She plays Gloria in that show. That's cool. I didn't realize I had seen her in things before. Yeah, same here. Like, uh, when I saw that she was, yeah, that she was Proxima Midnight, I was like, wow, that's crazy. Right? I'm not good with remembering names. So this is the mom, right? Yeah, yes. that was okay. the mom. That's yeah. what I thought. And then uh, Paul Rudd, who plays uh, Gary Gruberson. We all know him from Ant-Man and uh, the Judd Apatow movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, Finn Wolfhart as Trevor, who we know from Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. We have a McKenna Grace. She's from The Handmaid's Tale. Young Sheldon. Malignant Spirit. The Princess Bride home movie, Fuller House. Annabelle Comes Home. Uh, she was young Carol Danvers in Miss Marvel. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. The, new, the newer series? Oh, like the Captain one? Marvel, I mean. Oh, okay. She she is a great person to pick up the torch of Egon. Like, she did so Oh, yeah. Great. Oh, yeah. She embodied that perfectly. And then we have uh, Logan Kim, who plays Podcast, who I think is such a, like, quirky and fun mm -hmm. character. Mm -hmm. He was... Without being, like, over the top. Yeah. 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 Uh, his only credits are Ghostbusters Afterlife and Home Movie The Princess Bride. What the fuck is that? I think it's the one where a bunch of like there were it's a bunch of famous people and they recreated scene like shot for shot recreated low budget of like the Princess Bride. Huh. Yeah, so it's like it's like serialized remakes. Yeah, and they're like told in short chapters. But there's like huh. people from the office. There's like famous actors that are just like. Dope. Doing these low budget recreations of their scenes. Like it all happened like during quarantine. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they're all like acting from their homes yeah. and stuff. Like it's huh. it's pretty it's, cool. It's it's Hell wonderful. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. But yeah, so those are those are his only two credits are Ghostbusters Afterlife and Home Movie The Princess Bride. We have uh Celeste O'Connor who plays Lucky, Finn Wolfhard's uh love interest. Mm-hmm. Ghostbusters, Nyla in the movie Freaky, Sila in the Spades, Irreplaceable You movies. I I've personally never heard of. And wait, who is this person? Who is this one? Uh, she is the uh, girl that works at the restaurant with Finn Wolfhard. Oh, okay. We have, of course, Bill Murray, Peter Bankman, Dan Aykroyd is Ray Stance, Ernie Hudson, right? Annie Potts returns as Janine mm -hmm. Sigourney Weaver. I did not know this. J.K. Simmons as Evo Shandor. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I th actually, I think I heard that. I think I do remember that. But anyway. That is so crazy. I didn't know that. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's like the main cast. Uh, I think this was really wonderfully cast. Mm -hmm. Like all these characters oh, yeah. play their, you know, roles very well. Yeah. And I feel like there was just enough Paul Rudd in the movie to where it didn't Paul Rudd the movie up. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. And he it was, was he was in the movie, but he wasn't the, the movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he was he was like a supporting character. It was really cool for me that 
they brought it all back around to the first movie. I mean, we have Evo Shandor, who was referenced in the first movie when during right. the, the jail scene when they were talking about the architecture and what madman created this building because this building is not a normal building. It's meant to be like a superconductor mm-hmm. of supernatural energy, which is why that's where this gateway was. And Evo Shandor and his group were the ones trying to bring Gozer back and bring about the end of the world. And so it was really cool to have him show back up in this sort of, like he gets reanimated basically. And it, it that was just dope. I, I really liked that. I loved what they did. Like all of the, all the callbacks, like eventually we have the, the mini stay puff marshmallows that oh, show yeah. up. Right. Yeah. Um, so great. The, just the little, and then just the little, the hints of the original music score that they use. Oh like yeah. The right. Yeah. Like the kind of the, the galloping jazzy, like that would just come in during like a kind of like a scene where maybe the um what's the what's the character's name the daughter of the mom Phoebe Phoebe where she was maybe exploring in the basement that she finds right know, um and the ecto one we get ecto one yeah back. right oh. I love that so yeah basically I'm just gonna basically um spoil it up yeah. So Phoebe is the main character, the, the, the daughter of what's her name? Callie. Yeah. Callie. Callie is the mom. She has Phoebe and Trevor as her two kids. Yep. They find out that they're getting evicted from where they're living. Right. So, uh, Callie finds out that, you know, she basically says, well, we can just go live at my, my dad's old, old place, you know, in the middle of butt fuck nowhere. Right. (laughs) So they show up, um, it's it's a fucking shithole like in this sh- I'm going right. to say it, it's a shithole town um where it's out in the middle of the desert uh they show up and eventually Phoebe starts finding certain items around like she finds the uh the tracker right which you, is was really yeah. cool to have her find it yeah. with with a su- a few supernatural assists yeah, yeah. oh yeah right. yeah so she eventually finds the tracker. Uh, she just, you know, kind of keeps that in her room. And then they eventually find, come across this, uh, this mine shaft, which later leads to them finding where the, where it goes with the Gozerian is trying to come back through. Um, fast forward a little bit. Phoebe finds out that her grandpa was Egon Spangler. And it's so funny because like throughout, the movie, they're just like, who, fucking dirt farmer? Yeah, they call him dirt farmer because Egon was, when he lived in this house, he was just a shut-in and everyone was just like, oh, he's just, you know, the crazy old man that lives up there. But nobody knew that he was just dedicating everything that he did to, because he knew that this second coming, for lack of a better words, was happening. And he was trying everything in his power to get ready to stop that. Well, and and not only that, but he had set up traps in that mine shaft. I mean, that's why he moved out to the middle of nowhere in the first place was because he wanted to be right near the thing. Right. But he had set all those traps to make sure that it was held at bay. Right. 
Yeah. But, you know, he also set other traps knowing that, you know, contingency plans, and, uh, and all that. It was a nice little callback, too, because the house that he lived in was basically he built it to be a second superconductor for when, you know, Gozer eventually returned. Right. Just like Dana's apartment in the first movie. So kind of backpedaling, we we see, you know, Phoebe settling in. She we see her at school. Uh that's where, you know Paul Rudd she she in. meets Paul Rudd as her is her teacher and he's just kind of like, you know, what is what movie does he put on? He puts on Cujo, I think. Yeah, the he? first yeah. movie he puts on yeah. is Cujo. He's like, this is a sh- this is a movie about a devil dog, and he just puts it on just to like not have to worry about doing anything. And and while that movie's playing, like she gets up and wanders, and she walks into the back room, and she sees that he's basically a ge- is it a geologist? Is that what he is? Seismologist. Well, yeah, I was gonna say, isn't he specifically? Yeah. yeah. So and he's been measuring like these these earthquake waves that have been happening in this town because it's very not usual for that to happen there. And so she, you know, talks to him, finds out that maybe he has been, you know, looking into all this and so they kind of become, you know, a little bit more friendly because, you know, she's a big science person. Yeah, she's and, she's engaged. Yeah, like, and he's like, "Fuck yeah, dude!" She a gets, kid who cares. she's engaged to Paul Rudd in the yeah. movie. Oh. <laughs> Takes a dark turn. <laughs> Just so funny because because she's like, "Yeah, whatever." You're a seismologist, and he's like, "Oh yeah, well, well, do you know about this, that, and the other?" And she's like, "Yeah, I'm not an idiot." Yeah, yeah. She like, just like schools him. So, and then we go to the. I think it's the first night or the first couple nights they're there. Uh, they go to eat at the local, it's kind of like a like a Sonic type restaurant where they are all kind of on the roller skates, you know, bringing the food out. Uh, and that's where Finn's character Trevor lays eyes on Lucky, and he's immediately <laughs> just like, just head over heels. He hopes. Yeah, and eventually he, I, I think he eventually gets a job there, and then. The crew from work's like, hey, we're all going up to the point after work. And he tags along with him. And that's where we kind of get a first little impression of what's going on. Like they're up above right next to the mine shaft. And there's all this stuff that is going on underneath it. And that's where we kind of get like an idea. Like, oh, something's going on down there. So meanwhile, like Nick said, Phoebe had kind of been going around discovering little things about the house and, and getting led to things by an unknown supernatural force. Um, and it winds up getting to the point where, uh, they start finding things like they find the trap. Right. Right. And so she shows that to Gary, uh, Paul Rudd's character and podcast, and they're they're kind of tooling around with it and tampering with it, and end up accidentally accidentally letting a ghosty out. Right, and it's it's awesome because Paul Rudd's character is ripped straight out of like the original Ghostbusters movie. So he's like, I know exactly what this is. He's yeah. like, I know I was there yeah. when all this stuff was going on. Uh, so he knew exactly what the trap was and and all that and. and podcast she meets him at school and 
he kind of they befriend each other. Kind of skipped over that, but yeah. And then so another part of this is that like as this is all going on, Phoebe gets led to Egon's underground laboratory, right? Um, and then he basically through a little a few little supernatural tricks finally expresses the fact that, Hey, I'm your grandfather. Right. And then they sort of start going through and restoring the Ghostbusters equipment. So, I mean, obviously that's a hugely important part of the puzzle. Right. So then, then they're testing out the proton pack. Yes. Right. And with podcast, uh, Phoebe and podcast are, and they find a ghost called Muncher that haunts Shandor's foundry and flees the town mm-hmm. or to the town. Right. And when, then this is where we finally get Ecto-1 repaired and ready for action. Right. Yes. Well, that, that unveiling, I think it's Trevor that like rips the yeah. tarp off and mm-hmm. that right. unveiling of just this old decrepit Ecto-1 from... Well, and doesn't he say, like, what a piece of shit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, what a shit box or oh, something, yeah, like something like yeah. that. Yeah. No, to be fair, it looked exactly like that. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it was it was weird, too, because, like, I, I didn't realize it, but when I bought our tickets for the movie, we picked, like, the rumble seats. Oh, nice. Like, the D-box seats. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that part, when he's tearing through the field, like... That was fucking bonkers, yeah. dude. We were just did like, you feel it in your D box. I did, I did. We were flying <laughs> all over the fucking place. I uh, I still have their, they're broken, but I still have, and these are from the animated series too. So I have somewhere in my mess of stuff. I have the animated Egon action figure, Janine, and I know I came across this like a month ago, but I still have the. Uh, it doesn't have any of the doors, but I have Ecto-1, like, oh. toy. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. At this point, we also see a couple of other toys, uh, or, well, tricks, toys, whatever. So they're they're using the car to chase down this ghost. The muncher, yeah. Right. They end up, well, first off, they get, before they get to play with the other stuff, they end up getting arrested. Mm-hmm. So they get a little derailed. Right. Yeah. Right before they get arrested. This is when they're chasing the muncher throughout right. Main they, Street. Do they use the swivel seat? Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do okay. use the swivel yeah, seat. So yeah, they, discovered. they do use the swivel seat. Um, they don't use the remote control car yet, do they? I don't believe they do. No. I think that's the second time yeah. around. Or uh, or maybe they pull it out and, and don't. Like, and just fail. Oh, no, no. They do capture him. Or do they? Yeah. So they're going down Main Street. They oh, right. Tear yeah, every... Nope. They do capture it. Yeah. You're yeah. right. You're right. But yeah. yeah. And then they get arrested. And meanwhile. And seized. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, Paul Rudd's character and Callie are on a date. And oh, they right. get ripped from the date to a phone call that, you know. They're in jail, so they have to go down and and that's when they say we're you know, we're seizing everything that we caught you with, and they're just like, No, we have to have this. Like, you don't understand. Now, at this point, also, we get this is this is where we get set up for the amazing cameos. 
Right. Yes. Because Phoebe, using a telephone number that she had written down for the Ghostbusters, winds up calling his occult bookstore. Well, right. she she found it in the old commercial because she was watching those videos like on YouTube. And oh, right, right. She, well, she wrote it down from there, but yeah. Yeah, and it, it reaches Ray at his occult bookstore. So she informs him that Egon's died and that they need help. And that's where we get a little bit of like really nice backstory as to what happened to the Ghostbusters, why they're not around anymore. So Ray initially just is like, can't do it. Sorry. Yeah. Um, And so basically he says that after they defeated Vigo, they disbanded. Ego stole the equipment and moved to Somerville to pursue some, but some threat, but he doesn't ever tell them what Mm-mm. it is. So the Ghostbusters are like, all right, well, okay, bye. Yeah. Um, and then Egon's ghost leads Callie to a wall of notes and, and pictures and things like that. So that, you know, cause this whole time she fucking hated her dad. Yeah, because she thought that Egon had abandoned them. And, and just didn't, yeah, he just didn't give a shit. And that he just didn't care about split them. Split on him. Obsessed with whatever the hell it was that he was yeah. doing in this farm. Yeah, and so, like, all of these notes and pictures and things like that are things that he collected and kept of her life. So, you know, just showing, like, hey, I... I you know, and obviously towards the end of the movie, she realizes like, holy shit, this was this big, important thing. Like there was a reason he left us. Right. But like, it was nice to also have that just as a like, hey, I never stopped caring about you. You've always been important. But yeah, so that was really sweet. And I like how when Phoebe went down there, it was just a stationary lamp that was kind of pointing Right. Shining the light on places that it wanted her to go and did the same thing for Callie. Like it shined the light on the wall. And she realized like, oh, no, he actually did care about me. And I was I was wrong. Yeah, exactly. So now we get to Phoebe podcast Lucky and Trevor exploring the mine. So that's where they find the temple. They discover that Shandor is in this casket there. Right. And he, he's amazingly well preserved after being there for like 70 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let alone like he was old as fuck to begin with. Right. But, um, yeah. And, and there are some automated proton cannons that have been sort of rigged up on these, uh, was it on the, the columns like that? Well, no, they, they made, he made his like yeah. they're on like these tripods oh, pretty right. much. Right, right, right. Yeah, that so Egon that this is what Egon did to keep Gozer at bay while he was working on all of this other stuff he was doing at the house. Mm-hmm. Right. So Zul and Vince Clortho possess Callie and Gary, respectively. And that's one of the funniest scenes. It really is. When they meet up on the top of the mountain or whatever, and they're just, like, ripping each other's clothes off. Right, they just, like, get it on yeah. right then and there. So they then go also go into the mine, and 
tear down, destroy Egon's equipment, and allow Gozer to escape. Now, and this part I, I kind of loved. Shandor awakens. Right. And goes to Gozer and is like, oh my God, I spent all this time trying to get this to happen and, and for my plans to come to fruition. And finally you're here and I I pledged my life to you. Like just total fealty to Gozer. Right. And, and for his troubles. You get split in half from the head. Just, yep. Torn right in half like a piece of paper. It's crazy that that's J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Thinking back to it now, I'm like, okay. I can see, like, I can see that in my head now. Yeah. Now, and I think they saw this earlier in the movie. And yeah, well, no, of course they did. They they figured out that Egon's set up an array of ghost traps right in front of the house, just underneath the ground. Right. Um, all of this supernatural crazy shit going on. They are able to recover the equipment that the, the cops took from them. Cause fuck the police. Fuck, fuck, fuck the police. Fuck the police. Fuck them. <laughs> They, they go. I love the little dance, Nick. That was that was great. Um, they steal the equipment back and travel back to the the mine. Phoebe basically runs interference and distracts Gozer so that they can try and capture Zool, um, which Podcast does. Um, the Podcast sends the little remote control guy underneath, right. Mm-hmm. Right sends, under its legs. Yeah, yeah, sends the remote control car under there, opens the trap, and it Sucks. rips the ghost right from uh, Callie. So Callie's good to go. She's back. Um, and then, so, right. Now, this not only helped Callie and, and brought her back, but the the two... The gatekeeper and the keymaster are part of what powers Gozer. Right. So without even one of them. Yeah, she's at like half power basically. And then they lure Gozer to the field of traps. However, there it it blows the power. Mm-hmm. Right. Just like it did for Egon in the beginning. Yeah. So they're like, oh well, fuck. Um so Gozer frees Zool, who possesses Lucky, and then obviously Gozer's back to full strength. Right. Not good. Mm-mm. And then. But then. And then. And then, and then, and then. And then, and then, and then. Ray, so Ray and the other Ghostbusters all of a sudden show up. And uh, so they they show up to help. They've like right before you see it's them. What does Ray yell? I forget. So like we just saw it like an hour ago. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember. I, I forget the line, but you it, it was it was really well done. It was great because you don't see them. They don't just show up. Yeah, you hear Ray. Or was it right? No, it was Peter. He says, hey, flat top. That's yeah. right. That's yep. right. Yep. It was Peter it was saying, Peter. hey, flat top, which is a nice callback as well. Right. 
And then, so obviously you're like, whoa, holy shit. What the, who, who was that? Was that who I think it was? And then they pan over and it's, it's fucking dope. Now that the Ghostbusters are here, the OGs. Right. The gangster of the gangsters. Yeah. Uh, Gozer obviously is like, oh, hell no. I remember y'all. These are the motherfuckers that beat me last time. She goes, are you gods? Oh, yes. The famous question. And of course, like Ray does his little pontificating right before that, like mm-hmm. just naming all these random ass agents. He names the AARP. Yeah. <laughs> the name of the AARP, the NISA, the, the EPA, Wildlife Foundation. Yeah. The what is it, the one? The fishing, the fishing club or whatever. Yeah. Well, and it was great too with the AARP. He didn't even say AARP. He was like the. Association for the Advancement of Retired Persons. Like, he says the whole thing. So fucking dope. Anyway, you know, now that Gozer is is kind of focused on them, Phoebe shows up, throws out her proton pack, and and starts trying to take her down, right? However, like, you know, she's, she's struggling, and then all of a sudden, we get the most soul-crushingly sweet moment. Oh, my God, dude. You all of a sudden see, for, like, visual sake, if you haven't seen the movie, you see Egon Spengler's Force Ghost. Yeah. With every with all of the shit going on, I mean, I, I think it's it must be because of that, or at least that's a good explanation for it. He's now a fully visible ghost. And so... He's helping Phoebe keep the proton pack or the 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 stick. I don't know what you even call Part it. Part of me, the gun, the I gun. Guess, yeah. yeah, the the gun on trained on Gozer, and then the remaining the other Ghostbusters who have now shown up cross their streams again and are just wailing on Gozer. I want to say that, and I was kind of thinking about this leading up to the to this point, but I feel like them showing up made it so that he could like manifest himself. If that makes sense. Yeah. That could totally yeah. be a thing. Yeah. Now, of course them just wailing on goes, uh, Gozer isn't going to finish it off. So Trevor, who also has his proton oh, pack on for, for um, context, Gozer is firing and Phoebe is firing. So they're doing like a, like a Harry Potter wand battle. Like, yeah, they're both shooting at the same at each other and it's just hitting in the middle. Well, yeah. And like I say, um, the ghostbusters help restrain Gozer by crossing their proton streams. So like they've, they've, they've got her pinned down, but that's not going to finish the job. Right. So Trevor, you know, knowing that these traps are not functional because there's no power to them, goes ahead and uses his proton accelerator to charge the power source. To basically like just give it that, give it what it needs, and then everything's activated. And then Callie hits the 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 pedal yeah. to open the trap. All the meanwhile, podcast is battling mini stay puff yes. marshmallows because they um well, they they made themselves manifest while they were at the store. Like just he was looking at stuff and they just started crawling out of the out of the marshmallow bags and but he's like trying to fight him off while in the car, which is where him and Trevor are. And doesn't Trevor come out on the seat? 
Well, yeah. So that's that's the problem is that 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 was kind of the plan. Yeah. But the seat was inoperable. It wasn't that's right. It wasn't right. working because those goddamn mini marshmallow men had like gotten in the works and they were fucking things up. Coming up the works. Yeah, they were. And so podcast had to fix that situation. Um, but yeah. And then Gozer's gone, captured, minions are gone as well. And we get this beautiful scene of Egon with all of, you know, the Ghostbusters, with his daughter, with his grandkids. Peter turns and goes, I thought you'd show up. Dude, yeah. It was like, and it was so beautiful. It was not belabored. It was not overdone. Well, it was not heavy handed. They didn't try to superimpose some voice on him or anything. Like the fact yeah. that he was silent the whole time was so perfect. One of my I feel. favorite parts of the whole Egon coming back is when he's helping Cal or when he's helping Phoebe shoot and he's just kind of got her like, you know, he's standing behind her with his arms around her. And it pans to the Ghostbusters, and they're just like looking. Yeah. And Peter does like a double take, and they're just like right. staring at him. It's like, oh, hmm. But yeah, I mean, it was just, it was the whole thing was so perfectly handled. I like, I just, and it's, it's, I think it's especially beautiful considering that the movie franchise itself, right? is going from the original Ghostbusters to the grandchildren of one of the original Ghostbusters. Right, yeah. The movie, the original movies were directed by Ivan Reitman, and this movie is directed by Ivan Reitman's son. Right, and that's right. So you've just got this this handing down to the next generation, and it's, it's so fucking beautiful. That's very I'll cool. I'll admit, when this movie got announced part of me was just like fuck because i'm like i'm thinking of like i'm thinking of the previous ghostbusters movie that came out and i'm going god damn it why are they trying to do another one i mean like, i thought that one was good I, it wasn't i yeah, i did too yeah. i liked I that one like too it all. it's it's for a different audience that's, all, that's yeah all. that's all that was i i yeah because i enjoyed it i thought it was i mean I, leslie uh what's her face leslie uh mm -hmm. Jones, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah Leslie right. Jones was a little too much for me at times, but yeah. Other than that, I just I, don't, I don't like Melissa McCarthy like at uh, all. Yeah, that makes sense. But what's her name? Um, Leslie McKinnon is it? Uh, Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. Yeah. She, she, I will watch anything she does. Kate I, McKinnon is. I think that's the reason that I like was like okay, I'll watch this because she's in it. Yeah, and Kristen Wiig is in it. Who's also great. Oh yeah. It just, it wasn't, I was just like, uh, it feels like they're reaching on this one to me. Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't know. It was just, I mean, I get, I get the gripes. I get the gripes. But, I just still thought it was a good movie. But that's yeah, what I initially thought when I was like, oh, they're doing another one. I was like, I had this somewhat sour taste in my mouth from right. this previous Ghostbusters movie. And then I saw that, what's his name? His kid that directed it. What what the Reitman kid like his name? Oh, I'm I'm blanking. Um, Jimmy, could you pull that up real quick? Jason Reitman. Jason Reitman. That's right. Yeah, I saw his name on there, and it actually I was like, 
why do I know that last name? And I had to go through and like do some sleuthing. And I'm like, oh. Finally, we are treated to two wonderful, wonderful mid and end credit scenes. Yes. So we get Peter, who, um, by the way, I don't know if, if either of you noticed it, um, but you did see the ring on his finger, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're married. So they are, they're married um, and they're recreating the, uh, the trick that Vankman used to do on young co-eds. Yeah. But the, uh, the tables, the turbals have been tamed. The turbals have been tamed. Well, Tur- well, looks like the turn tables have <laughs> turned, turned. So initially it just shows Vankman, um, guessing a card talking to someone who you can only see the back of the head right in the first shot and then and then of course we get the reverse shot to find out it's Zool. it's dana Baron. <laughs> weaver Sigourney weaver Sigourney weaver you should know he's mocking those cards you know he's mocking those cards Sigourney weaver Sigourney weaver he's not a psychic <laughs> So really, really wonderful, like a nice little tie up of not exactly a loose end. They didn't even bring her up. It wasn't even necessary. It's just so funny, though, because right before the mid credit scene happens, it says with Sigourney yeah. Weaver. And, and I'm over there like, she what? fucking wasn't in the movie at <laughs> Are all. Are you high? You fucking high. And then the moment it pans over and I hear her voice, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, well, there she is. Yes. Also- there you are, Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> so then we get our second end credit scene, which is so wonderful. It's such a huge redemption for a character who was criminally underutilized. Right. So we get... Janine and Winston chatting um, in a pretty nice, enormous fucking office. Right. Before that, it shows a scene. Oh, right. It shows Janine talking to Egon. Like back in the day. Back back in the day, yeah. I, um, I'm assuming this was, you know, somewhere in between one and two. I don't know. It doesn't say where. But she's like, she's handing him. She says, this is a coin that I got at the World's Fair in Flushing. I want you to have it. It's a souvenir. And he's like, and he says, well, we might not be coming back. And she's like, I want you to have it anyways. Pan to Winston in his business, wherever he is, and he's holding it, yeah. kind of talking to her. Now, because of that, because of what Egon says, I'm assuming it's at the end of two. Right. Before Egon splits off and leaves right. the Ghostbusters. Now, Janine and Winston are chatting. And we find out the that Winston, through the lessons he learned and and just some of the things he went through with the Ghostbusters, has become a fully realized person, like a fully realized adult who knows he can do shit. Right. He's balling too. He, he's he's balling. Well, yeah. So he he gets this confidence and this ability and basically starts his own business from the ground fucking up. Yep. And now is he he talks about it being a worldwide company and um Janine asks if he's still paying the rent on Ray's bookstore. And he's like, "Well, he's going to turn a profit one day." Yeah, so I mean, 
philanthropic, wealthy businessman. Um, and then a few seconds later, we, well, and they, they sort of interspersed a little bit of this, but we also see Winston cracking open the door of the old firehouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Winston's assuming, we're assuming Winston's reopening the firehouse. Then he pushes the the doors, the, the full doors open and... And what rolls in? Ecto-1. Yeah. And then ominously, in the basement, a light on the ecto-containment unit starts flashing. So... A red light. I feel like he's starting that shit back up. I mean... Agreed. Yeah, totally. Um... But, you know, are there things that are still in the containment unit and the containment unit is breaking down? Yeah. You know, it's muncher. (laughs) I I know. Right. So, I mean, it it all looks pretty dilapidated, though. So it's obviously it's gotten no love. So maybe there's not. I don't know. But I can't see why it would be if there wasn't something that should be not going wrong that is now going wrong right so. i wish i and i can't remember because when i when i watched afterlife it was maybe like it's probably a good month ago i can't remember if this was the case or not but i but if it wasn't i wish we would have gotten the the old sound of the siren the wah, uh, wah. yeah i think we got a little bit of it yeah it was just like very it yeah was, it was on the bridge at the very end okay of the the actual normal part of the movie, right before it went to credits. Fuck! I need to. I want to watch all three of these now again. That's oh yeah, what I want to do. <laughs> I almost want to say the second's my favorite. Second one's really good. I think the second one's my favorite. I really do enjoy that one. What were some of your guys' favorite parts of the movie? I really. I think anything Phoebe did. I know that she was one of the main characters, but I feel like she really did play yeah. her part well and steal the show. I loved when, you know, when we first meet Paul Rudd and he just puts Cujo on for the class, like this, right. this young, impressionable, if you want to say, like, right. like I'm, I'm assuming it was high school. Like, they don't really allude to that, but. It looks like, I don't know, middle school, I maybe. think. Well, yeah, for Phoebe, it would have had to be like junior high. Yeah, okay, yeah. but. It's just like, hey, watch this very, watch this very graphic, you know, Stephen King movie. Well, the next time they show the the class, he's playing child's play. Right. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> yeah. it just shows like a clip from the from the TV itself. Right. Yeah. And, and it's when um she's trying the bride of Chucky, I think, was like trying to like bring him back or something. Something. One of them. Yeah. It was one of them, but it was it it's just funny. My favorite part, honestly, was the nostalgia and the Egon stuff. Like, I mean, the movie itself was great. Like, I have no complaints about the movie whatsoever. Right. Um, but, man, that, those things just hit so hard. Right. And it wasn't, like, oversaturated with not nostalgia, right? Like, it wasn't an entire nostalgia ride. Oh, yeah. No, not at all. It's like I was saying, because um, when, when I showed up here to record, um, Eddie, Derek, and Eddie's girlfriend were finishing 
watching, they were at the very like last, maybe 10 minutes of this movie. And after the movie ended, I was just like to Eddie, I was like, hey, good thing you watched this with a bunch of your male friends. <laughs> Cause when I, when I was watching this movie, like in my room at like two in the morning, I was just fucking just a river. Just, oh dude. Yeah. It was right. Just, and then it stops and you're like, okay. And then the part where he, you know, hugs his family and like, no, it's back. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, mine, I think, was the part, you know, where Paul Rudd shows him all the movies in class, all the <laughs> yeah. old scary movies. And then, like I said, when we got to this part of the um, podcast, I loved the old kind of like fluty, jazzy music that they brought back for this movie. Right, right. Um, but I think my favorite was just the uh, the reveal of the Ecto one when, when they rip that tarp oh, off yeah. and it's just sitting there and you're just like, Oh my God, yeah. there it is. Yeah. I think that was really cool. Yeah. yeah. Just all of the nostalgic moments were done. They were executed with surgeon like fucking precision. Oh, absolutely. Like, they knew exactly where to put it. Nothing was over the top or hammy or yeah, just like, it didn't feel like pandering. And no, they they didn't they speaking of not overdoing it they didn't overdo Gozer either like, yeah they right they didn't make her some like weird like you know how can we make this you know today's standards they just they kind of redid what she originally looked like but they didn't go over the top with her yeah exactly well and it was nice they didn't go the same route of like having her summon some other avatar. Like, right, they right. Didn't, they didn't make an exact carbon yeah. copy of Ghostbusters 1. Right. Well, final ratings. One being the worst, five being the best. I give this a five. Like, even if you haven't seen this movie and you come across this episode, I would still say go watch it because we just, we didn't cover all of it. Um, I would say watch it, if anything, to wit- to see in person the the end scene with Egon coming back. I'd uh, I'd give it a one. No, you. It wouldn't. just wasn't for me. You're so you're <laughs> so high. Go get back there with her. And don't come out till we're just, done. Yeah. No, no. Like I mean, obviously, like five out of six out of five. You know, like this movie was fucking phenomenal. Um, it hit. Everything it ticked, every box that it needed to check, and then some. It blew my expectations away like so hard. It blew my ecto expectations. I blew my ectoplasm <laughs> everywhere. I also give it a five. Uh, pacing was well done. Writing was amazing. The nostalgia points were on point. I mean, it it didn't feel like just another Ghostbusters movie to me. It felt like a new yeah. Ghostbusters movie. It felt like a fresh mm-hmm. new Ghostbusters. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. Well, that concludes our episode on Ghostbusters Afterlife. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can follow us on social media. On Facebook at the Nerd Corporation, a podcast. On Twitter and Instagram at Nerd Corp Podcast. Or you can shoot us an email at nerdcourtpodcast at gmail.com. And if you haven't already, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Search The Nerd Corporation and look out for our green Nerd Corp logo. Also, follow us on Reddit. 
r forward slash nerdcourt podcast. Tell us you love us. Tell us you hate us. Tell us we suck. Tell but, us to go fuck ourselves. But please, just interact with us. If you love us and want to support what we do, consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash podcast. Several tiers of loot to have access to, from stickers and shirts to extra content and bonus episodes. We'd love to thank our nerd corporate backers, Glenn the Simp, Fillmore McLaurin, and Jake Hurst, and our nerd financial investors, Kim Nichols and Dallin Gilbert. Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Dallin. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Fillmore. Board, 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 board. Now I'd like to uh, introduce our sponsor, Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> Surfshark VPN. <laughs> If you can't make a monthly contribution, consider supporting us on PayPal. PayPal.me forward slash nerdcourt podcast. We want to have the best loot, give you the best giveaways, and give you the best nerdy experience, and that is the best way to do that. So, on behalf of all of us at the Nerd Corporation, we thank you, we love you, and keep it nerdy, y'all.